So in this section, Paul is instructing the Colossian believers to, to put to death the remnants of the old self and then take on the character of their new life in Christ. So he's laid the foundation in the earlier parts of the book or the letter. Um, uh, he's laid the foundation of gospel truth. And now he's going to give uh, moral instructions. So this, uh, you know, obedience... Um, Obedience to these commands would would be impossible um, without new life in Christ. And by faith, those that have been made alive with Christ um, now grow more and more into conformity with Christ's character. And our actions are are transformed by his work in our life. So um, we said last week that Paul likes to use this picture of putting off and putting on. It's the language of, of disrobing and then being clothed. And um, the instruction is for us. We do this work. So we are to to put off and put on. Um, We know Christ and his spirit enables that work, but this is something we're to be about, um, intentionally um, taking these actions. So it's it's an interesting word picture. Um, Today, you know, we have closets full of clothes. We just, you know, pick one out of the closet. Um, So some of... Some of this imagery has been been lost on us, but um, I I think we identify certain people with with clothing. Uh, If I say um, Johnny Cash, then some of us are old enough to remember, uh, you know, the man in black. Uh, So he was defined by his his clothing. Um, If I say um, Donald Trump, um, you know, you're going to think, you know, wild hair, but after you think that, you, you think, you know, dark suit and, you know, super long red tie. But, um, so certain people, you know, you have an image in your mind of, of clothing that go along with the identity of the person. So maybe that gets closer, you know, to Paul, what Paul was, was, was thinking of, but I'm sure, you know, Johnny Cash had more than one uh, dark suit. Uh, same thing as uh, uh, Donald Trump, I'm sure he has... Uh, dozens or more of, of dark suit and, and long red ties, but um, if we think back to what this analogy meant to the the original recipients, the people in Colossae, um, in the first century, you know, a common person may have, you know, two sets of clothing and, and a coat, maybe, um, unless you were wealthy, and then you, you had more, but clothing was much more valuable. It wasn't mass-produced clothing that you could go down to Old Navy or Walmart and get a you know shirt for four dollars or whatever this it was very valuable and it was integral really to a person's survival even so even in exodus twenty two twenty six and twenty seven we read in God's law for Israel uh, it says this if you ever take your neighbor's cloak in pledge, you shall return it to him before the sun goes down for that is his only covering. And it is, it is his cloak for his body. In what else shall he sleep? And if he cries to me, I will hear, for I am compassionate. So it was really tied to a person's survival. Um, this coat, it was valuable, and it was uh, even tied to a person's identity and, and social standing. So in James 2, you know, we're warned against the sin of, of personal favoritism. Uh, but how... Um, you know, how are the two men in the example identified? There's two men that enter the assembly. One is in fine clothes and one is in shabby clothing. So 
they were identified based on what they were wearing. And um, James 2.3 says, if you pay attention to the one who wears the fine clothing and you say, sit here in a good place, while well, you say to the poor man, you stand over there, you sit down at my feet, have you not then made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? So we see that you know clothing in the first century is is closely identified with the person. So I think that's the imagery we need to get here is we put on this clothing that represents the the character of Christ um, it defines us and and it goes wherever the owner goes we it moves with us and we become identified with these characteristics this clothing is is um, our identity so keep this in mind as we, uh, we look at this section in uh, Colossians chapter 3 I'm going to read uh, our section here from, from verse 12 down to verse um, 17. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, with thankfulness in, in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So this is the, the, the section where we are commanded to put on the new self. Previously, we were told to put to death um, what is earthly in us and put off the old self, what, what characterized that old life was sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness, um, which amounts to idolatry. Um, we're to put off anger, uh, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk. So we talked about uh, that some of those are actions and some of those are attitudes of the heart that, that give birth to these uh, outbursts of, of evil action, sinful action. So now we're looking at what we're to be clothed with now that we are we have disrobed we have put off those things then we are to be clothed now with um, the character uh, character qualities that Paul outlines here and it's Christ's character uh, really in the church um, he's talking about uh, you know bearing with one another forgiving each other this is how the body of Christ is to function um, it's not only exercised in the body, it's exercised um, individually. It should characterize all of life as we go out into the workplace with our families. Um, but uh, this new self will build up and enrich the church. And the Colossians have power for this work because they are the chosen of God. Um, right there in verse 12, God's chosen ones. So even though this was a Gentile um, body of believers, uh, Paul is identifying them with the new Israel. So that's, 
as we we saw in Luke, it's you know um, revolutionary that God's chosen people now through Christ, the nations will will come um, to this new Israel um, through through the gospel and through the work of Christ. He's inaugurated this new Israel. And he tells the believers uh, who they are before he tells them what to do. So that, that always, um, who they are is, is, is before. Um, we already said there's, there's no ability to obey this unless we are in Christ. So, you know, we obey not so God will accept us, but because he already has accepted us. Um, because they are chosen, they are holy, um, with a righteousness that is not their own. It is Christ's new life that they live. And why were they chosen? Because of God's great love. They're, they're beloved. Um, in contrast to the cosmic powers that, that must be appeased, that seemed to be part of the false teaching that was, um, uh, influencing the church was, was a danger to them, what Paul's warning them against. So as opposed to appeasing cosmic powers, um, their relationship with Christ is guaranteed by God alone. So let's look at what they must put on. Uh, Compassionate hearts, um, kindness, humility. Uh, Humility is, you know, Paul condemned false humility in in chapter 2. Uh, but he commends the genuine article here, um, meekness, patience. Um, what marks these characteristics is an attitude that puts others before ourselves and overcomes evil with good. He says, bearing with one another. Um, that means we, we absorb and move on from others' faults or, or sins against us. Um, and then, then forgiveness. Um, let's look, um, or I'll, I'll flip back and read it for you. Um, Ephesians um, 4, 32. Uh, it's kind of a parallel parallel passage. Um, I'll read that. So it says, Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. And therefore be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So Paul ties Christian patience and forgiveness and love to the example of Christ's life and work. So we're to actively forgive one another and absorb the pain of another's sin because of of Christ's uh, work in our own life. So we're to actively forgive one another and absorb that pain, um, love others despite their sin, because uh, of Christ's work. Um, We were Christ's enemy, and he forgave us, forgave us not only of our our past sin, but, but a lifetime of sin. And so because he's done that, how can we then withhold forgiveness from from others Um, it's our responsibility to forgive fully and freely as as we have been forgiven it's really interesting to 
think of that in light of, of uh, Philemon. Uh, Pastor Farrell had mentioned last week that he's been teaching from Colossians, so you guys have been getting your fill of, uh, fill of Colossians the last few weeks. But um, just talking about how uh, Onesimus is, is mentioned at the end of the book, uh, he would have been carrying... Um, you know, commentators think both letters were probably delivered together, taken to the church at Colossae, this letter to Philemon from his runaway slave. So interesting to think of the context of what Paul is instructing the Colossian church to do, uh, being that there's this issue that's going to have to be dealt with. Um, Onesimus is going to need forgiveness, and Philemon is going to need to grant forgiveness. So Keep that in the back of your mind as you, as you process, you know, what's going on here. Not only that, but just think about what we've been studying previously in chapter two. Uh, your warnings against legalism and uh, asceticism. So if you have people in in this this body who um, are not seeing things rightly, and they're doctrinal legalists that are commanding what God has not commanded, or they're forbidding what God has not forbidden. How do you how do you work that out? I think as we go down here, we're going to see you know we're commanded to peace. We're commanded to let the let the peace of Christ rule. So keep that in the back of your mind as these these issues are really front and center in the body uh, of Christ at Colossae, and Paul's instructions here are going to you know going to need to be put on. Uh, to deal with these issues and, and work it out. And we we deal with the same issues today. As, as things come up in the church, um, you know, these commands are, are for us too. You know, we are clothed by this thing, the, these things. Uh, if, if we are clothed by these things, we'll be clothed for storms in the church. Uh, you know, there's a saying, you know, there's no bad weather, just bad gear. So you think, you know, I've, remember a skiing trip I went on with, with my brothers and um, I have a ne- had a nephew who was a skier and my brother said, hey, you know, you can use his gear. Well, he had really good gear and I was toasty warm for the whole <laughs> trip. Everybody else was complaining with how cold it was and, you know, the wind was just whipping through them. But if you are clothed properly, then you are sheltered from the elements. So as there are storms in the church, we need to put on these um, uh, this rain gear, if you will, to uh, make us impervious to the sin that will be falling. Now we'll be uh, still dealing with sin in our own hearts. That's a that's a continual work. But um, the this the the rain and the the storm that is around us in the church will will not affect us because it will be uh, repelled by this clothing. Um, Paul goes on to talk about love as the, uh, he calls it, above all these put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. So love is really the ligaments and tendons that hold all these other things together. Um, It's not necessarily in in addition to, but um, it's it's the bonding agent. It's the the supernatural love that comes from Christ that uh, cannot be broken by sin. So it's holding everything together. And then uh, verses um, in verse 15, it says, uh, And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. 
So um, the word rule here is um, gives us the sense of uh, an umpire or a judge or an arbiter. So it's making rulings um, as, you know, the false teaching that is afoot here relies on philosophy and visions, but Paul says that that Christ is enough and his peace can and must rule in their hearts, not worldly philosophy, and that this would preserve the unity of the body that they were, were joined into. So when we come into conflicts in the church, the peace of Christ is to be the referee. So we... Um, we should prefer others over ourselves. That does not mean that, that we overlook, um, you know, false teaching or, or sin. Uh, that's, it's not peace at all costs and, and peace just, you know, let's just get along and just overlook, but it is, um, just an attitude of, um, humility and, uh, putting others before ourselves. Even if we are dealing with these things, we're doing it in a, a uh, meek, and, and kind and, and humble way, um, not wavering on the truth, but um, letting the peace of Christ be the, the arbiter in these things. Um, and peace will only rule in the church when it is ruling in the hearts of individual believers. And again, Paul has this uh, continuing theme of thankfulness. He says to be thankful. Um, Thankfulness is a key response to the gospel in this letter. And this is uh, the proper response to the gospel. A thankful person is a peaceful person. And God has treated us better than we deserve. Uh, Since we have received mercy and grace, uh, with thanksgiving we ought to extend mercy and grace to, to other believers as well. We see uh, how this thankfulness is going to be um, how this thankfulness is, is going to be expressed. It's going to be expressed enthusiastically in our worship. We're to let the word of Christ dwell in us richly. Um, that means that um, the word of Christ, not angels or saints or these cosmic powers, are you know, being consulted, but, um, the word about Christ really is, is how we could paraphrase it, uh, which is the gospel. We have a, a responsibility to teach each other, admonish each other. Um, this will take, you know, different forms depending on how people are gifted. Um, but the word of Christ is, is the gospel. And so we, we, uh, teach each other as we, um, sing as we, as we pray uh, as we open the word and study it as we disciple each other um, the word of Christ uh, the gospel is is how we are in- instructing each other and he says to sing um, we sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs uh, when we became new creations in Christ we became singers um, that's not based on our talent thankfully uh, for me, but uh, from a heart of thankfulness. So um, this is one way we speak gospel truth to one another. And I would just say, you know, are you encouraged as you sing with other believers? I know it's one of the best times of the week, you know, for me is to, to go into the worship service and, and sing. Um, 
not based on, as I said before, not based on my own talent, but just hearing other believers uh, sing from a heart of thankfulness. Um, it's just a real encouragement, and uh, I hope it is, is for you all as well. As people use their gifts and, and service in that way, um, lead us into the singing. Um, it's done with excellence, and uh, it's just such an encouraging time. Worship is is not confined to um, teaching and admonishing and singing only, but it's it's really encompassing all of life. We see that in verse 17. It says, whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. The, you know... Uh, Complimentary passage would be 1 Corinthians 10.31. So whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. Everything we, we do or say should be reflecting the character of Christ. And then he wraps it up with thanksgiving again. Um, giving thanks to God the Father through Christ. Um, it's kind of an overarching theme of this book. Um, we should have hearts of of thankfulness, and um, that that will help us in this work of as we meditate on the things we have been given in Christ, um, how mercy has been extended to us when we were rebels um, in our sin, um, saved based on a righteousness that's not our own. Um, how can we not be thankful and um, put on these things, these these characteristics of Christ? Um, so yeah, that's, uh, uh, all I have for, uh, this section. If you guys have any questions or comments, I'd love, love to hear them. Uh, any, any questions? Yeah, well, what I've what I've studied and and read as I was preparing for this, um, you know, the some people would say, you know, don't don't get wrapped up in what what a hymn is, what a psalm is, what a spiritual song is. It's kind of just just all categories of of spiritual worship in in singing. Um, but the psalms would be um, just taking it at face value the really what was the hymn book for the nation of Israel, which was the Psalms. So, and we still do that today. We'll be, you know, singing, uh, I'm not sure what's on the, uh, on the uh, plate for us this morning in, in worship, but, um, you know, we, we take the Psalms and we put it to music and we sing it. Hymns are um, uh, biblical truth put to music. So I think even early hymns, um, we memorize things better if they're put to music. So if you look at um, early church hymns or even hymns that came out of the Reformation, it's instructing us in truth. And so it goes right along hand in hand with this passage as we sing to each other. We're teaching each other as, as we sing the truths of, of God's word. And then spiritual songs... Um, Probably just any any uh, spiritual you know truth put to music. Um, so I didn't 
really look at that in depth because it, it just seems to be broad categories of different types of singing. So I think they're all appropriate. Um, some would say, you know, we only sing the Psalms and, um, you know, exclusive, um, I can't think of the, the terminology right now, but exclusively Psalm singing congregations and probably would not have accompaniment. Uh, so just singing the Psalms to each other, I think that's, that's fine. But I don't think these other categories are excluded from public worship either. So, um, yeah, just different categories of how we, how we do this, how we sing to each other, um, biblical truth. Well, keep that in mind, like, as we're, um, you know, ministering to each other and, and fellowshipping with each other, discipling each other, um, we are redeemed sinners. So as we come into contact with each other, there's going to be um, times when we sin against each other. And these um, things we're to be putting on will be put to the test and um, need to be active in our lives that we would um, be able to forgive each other um, when there's hurts, um, be able to prefer other people, um, and, and let the, the peace of Christ overrule it all, be the arbiter in these um, these conflicts, because conflicts will come. They were dealing with, uh, you know, legalism, do not eat, do not touch, uh, you know, do not do these certain things, which was over and above what God had commanded. That takes, you know, humility to deal with that person and um, instruct them with humility and meekness um, and... Uh, the, um, you know, believers can be, um, you know, just not have a clear picture of what the Bible says, and we, you know, don't see our own sin. We're we're really blinded to our own sin, and so we're not seeing everything exactly correctly either. And so we'll have times when we need to be um, just admonished and instructed in the truth, and we need to receive that with humility um, if people come to us and and uh, have to deal with, with issues in our lives. So, yeah, keep that in mind as we're um, uh, loving each other and uh, uh, just bearing with one another in, in this body. Anything else before we close in prayer? All right, let's pray. <clears throat>